Blog Talk Radio. Live from Washington, D.C., it's quintessential listening. Poetry Online Radio. QLPOR, as it's widely known, features a bevy of poets, spoken word artists, and live poetry readings with best-selling authors. Your host is Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Hello, everyone. My guest tonight is noted poet and author Delyn Lee. Delyn has been writing poetry her entire life. She uses her poetic gifts to help her magnify the glory of God through Jesus Christ. Her poetry has been shared on stages, both private and public, and she has been published in a variety of poetic volumes. Tonight, Delyn will read from her book, Lift Up, Inspirational Poems and Devotions, and her newest book, Reverence. Delyn, welcome to the program. Hello, Dr. Ingram. How are you? <laughs> oh, it's good to hear your voice. I'm way <laughs> Welcome back. Wonderful. <laughs> yes, I'm excited Welcome. to be here. <laughs> yes, fantastic. Well, let's begin this poetic journey. Okay. You've written a new book. The I title have. Which Praise is God. Reverence. Yes. Yes. Tell me what inspired it. Yes. Okay. So my new book is called Reverence. One word, very powerful word in itself. Um, and the inspiration behind reverence is literally, and I, and I know you and I, we've talked before, um, yes. my faith in God, my faith through Jesus Christ drives a lot of my poetic work. Um, and so for me, it is a ministry platform. And so this book um, is geared towards reverencing God. And it's not just reverencing God. Um, a lot of times we do it in, I guess, in the happy times, in the good times. You know, we, we're praising God, you know, for all that he's doing, how he's keeping us and providing. But this book also touches on some of those times that are not so good. Some of those times where we are going through valleys, we are going through trials, we're going through those tribulations. But even in the midst of that, whether good or bad, as we would say it, we still reverence God for who he is. And right. so um, many of the pieces, um, this book is actually only poetry um, compared mm-hmm. to my first book, Lift Up, that actually dealt with poems and devotions. This one is actually solely poetry. Um, and all of the works in the book, like I said, it goes towards literally reverencing God in every season and any season that someone may be going through. So that, that's the inspiration behind it, and that's how it came to be. <laughs> All right, very nice. I would like to ask you just a little bit before we move further about the word reverence. Talk about that word just a little bit more. Reverence, what does it, what does it mean? Yes. So how I see reverence, how I define it, how I guess in a way I interpret it is, mm-hmm. I guess, the dictionary definition as we know it to be giving deep respect for someone or something, right? right. Um, and so for me, reverencing, reverencing God is literally giving him the ultimate respect. Um, and I know, you know, as I mentioned, every, every day is not always sunshine. <laughs> every day is true. not always good. But at the end of the day, you know, with my faith in God, you know, he is who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, he is above all, and so therefore I reverence him even when those times aren't so great. But I do know and I trust that he has a plan, and so I give him that respect. 
Um, Even if times are great and when times Mm -hmm. are not. Um, But that's how I see reverence. So having that deep respect, having that, that regard for him. All right. Very nice. Very nice. Now, it sounds like in your writing, you delve really deeply into some very thoughtful topics. During the selection process for the poem, how do you decide which poems to choose? So that's a great question. (laughs) I laugh because um, this book actually, even though it's coming out now, um, Mm -hmm. and my first book, Lift Up, there are actually a few poems that made it into this volume um, Mm -hmm. that were written before the poems I did for Lift Up. And for those particular poems, the reason they did not make it into Lift Up is simply mm-hmm. because it didn't seem like they tailored towards the purpose of that book. Um, right. They fit right in with what I was trying to do um, with reverence. And All so right. in, in picking those topics, like I said, some of these poems were written three, four years ago, and others were mm-hmm. written just last year. It's just a combination of just different things based off the seasons that you know I was going through or just kind of what was going on in the world around me. Now, what was the strategy then for organizing the poems in the book? Are the chapters? How do you go about it? So if I'm completely transparent, which I know I can be. Yes, of course. <laughs> in my, when I originally started with writing this book, I had it laid out where I wanted it based off topics. So I wanted okay. it based off of a section of praise and worship. I wanted a, mm-hmm. a section of healing. I wanted a section of deliverance. I wanted a section, you know, um, a way God is a redeemer. Like I wanted those bold sections there. However, as I kept working through it, and once I finally got um, the entire manuscript together, I actually decided to remove the sections. I did. Mm-hmm. I decided to remove the sections. And so now it, it kind of still flows in that way. However, um, it's not necessarily organized within each one of those topics. All those topics are listed there, but it's just, it's laid out completely as a, a full flow. So um, right, as then. the reader literally starts on page one, they're going to mm-hmm. start with talk, me talking about God's creation. That's how mm-hmm. we started the Bible. Well, that's mm-hmm. the first topic I'm going to start off with in the book as well. Um, <laughs> and then it concludes with literally a poem that is titled Reverence. That is the concluding poem of it. Um, mm-hmm. But that's kind of how I went along organizing the book this time. <laughs> All right. All right. Very nice. I'd like you to share with me the titles of at least five of the poems in the book. Okay. Um, so you said at least five of them. Yes. All right. Um, so one of our titles, I'll do the first one, which is called His Creation. That's mm-hmm. one of our titles. Another title is God Did It. Another title is Soul Provider, and that's S-O-U-L, Soul Provider. Mm-hmm. Um, another title is Why I Wait. Another title is Not Ashamed. Another title oh. is... Oh, wait, did I make it to five yet? I lost well, count. Share, I was, share one I more. Share reading. one more. <laughs> share one more. One more. I have one more. Yes. The tongue. All right. The reason for my question is, what role should a title play in a poem? So, in my personal opinion, I believe a title basically tells the reader what they can expect. All right. Right. 
Uh, for me, as a writer, I actually do not title my pieces until I finish the piece. Okay. Um, I don't start with the title. Um, I mm-hmm. literally write the content of the poem, and then I say, okay, this is the title. And then I put the title to it. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, and just kind of the way I have developed as a writer uh, recently here, a lot of my titles are going to be lines within my poem. So you're going to see them, right? So mm-hmm. that poem I mentioned about God did it, you're going to mm-hmm. literally see those three words as a line within that poem. All right. So, you know, mm-hmm. well, I was going to say real quickly that there are different schools of thought, whether you should title poems or not title poems. Poems should be untitled, rather. How do you feel about that? Any thoughts? So my initial thought, I think it comes down to the writer, the poet, okay. the author. All right, then. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's up to them. I, I love to title them because, like I said, I want to let you know this is what this poem is going to be about. So get right. ready. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. But I did cut you off, though. I'm so sorry. You were saying. Do you remember? No, you're fine. Um, All right. <laughs> I can't remember what I was going to say on that. Okay. Well, yep, it, I, I, <laughs> it was profound, whatever it was. All right. <laughs> now, are you hoping this book resonates with a broad range of readers, or are you targeting a specific audience? So for this book, um, and I'll compare it to the first book I wrote, Lift Up. Lift Up was definitely for a broad range. It was mm-hmm. for anyone, um, you know, whether they had a relationship, you know, or, or their faith, they had a relationship with God, or they didn't, they were just starting off with one. Um, that's what that book was towards. This one, Reverence, um, this is actually targeted more so for those who know of God, believe in God, um, mm-hmm. and they could be, you know, newer in their faith, but they definitely have a faith in him, um, as well as those who have had their faith in him for a long period of time. And the reason for that is because the whole basis behind it is reverencing the Lord. And so I do believe in order to reverence or give that deep respect, you do Mm -hmm. have to already believe, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. I definitely think that is key because for me to ask someone to reverence God, but they don't believe in God or they don't know him yet. It's very hard for me to ask that of someone. All right. Now, what advice would you give a reader prior to reading the book? One piece of advice I would give, Mm -hmm. I would actually tell them, look at the index and look through the titles. And I would actually tell them they don't have to read it in order. Okay. Um, Okay. And the reason I say that, and that was another reason why I took away the sections. Um, I want them to read it based off of what they're in need of in that moment in that season, right? So Mm -hmm. if they are in a moment where they are, you know, on top of that mountain, they are excited, things are going well, things are coming all together. Okay, read those poems where we are reverencing God just in his awesomeness, just in his greatness, right? But Mm -hmm. if we have someone who's in a season where, you know what, they just went through a tragedy, they just had a traumatic experience, well, you know what, maybe you should, you know, look at some of those poems that um, are a little bit more of encouraging, that seeing, you know, God in a different light or in a different way in regards to him being a healer or a deliverer. Um, So my advice would be, you don't have to read this book in order. 
Um, mm-hmm. I understand the page numbers are there. You're going to see page one and so forth. But right. you know what? <laughs> Go to the contents page. Go ahead and look and see, you know, which poem mm-hmm. sticks out to you. And start there. You know, I, right. I hope you read all of them. Um, but Very nice. Read them. At this time, you don't need to read all of them. Okay. <laughs> Tell me about the process for creating the cover of the book. So I actually was able to, I was blessed to work with um, my publisher who um, helped me with Lift Up, Taylor Publishing Group. They helped me um, literally with the publication of my first one. Um, mm-hmm. And then with this one, they were actually um, helped me with being the editor for this, this, um, this book, Reverence. Um, and a part of their team as well, um, I work with a designer that's with them. And this mm-hmm. designer, I, I, I love the work that they did because I was telling them, all right, I was like, this is about giving respect to God, okay? I was mm-hmm. like, I want, you know, some type of worship. And I know the cover is on the website so everyone can see where, you know, we have the clouds and then we have the hands raised up. And that to me, that is a sign, a symbol of reverencing God. Right? All right. And so I wanted that incorporated, the colors. I'm all about colors. Colors have meaning. And so um, I have the purple, the shades of purple. I wanted that. Purple is royalty. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we take take that into a sense, um, a, a practical sense. You give respect to royalty. And so I wanted the, the purple in there. Um, and then simply put, the title is just one bold word. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very nice, beautiful cover. Beautiful. Yes, yes, I love it. It came to us very well. <laughs> what I'd like to know, Delaine, you've written before, you've been published, you've had many, many, many lived experiences just throughout life. Mm-hmm. What did you learn about yourself from writing Reverence, this book? What I learned was that it's okay to be transparent. All right. Um, transparency is needed. Um, and when and when I say that, I say that from the standpoint of being a Christian, a believer, um, mm-hmm. because I do think sometimes that misconception is that you know Christians, believers, we don't make mistakes or we always are presentable as perfect, and that is far from the truth. Um, and so I think in in writing this. It definitely gave me a way to just be like, hey, I have gone through seasons that were not great, um, but God brought me through them. He, in everything, I was able to see something good out of it. Mm, And so that's me sharing and that's me hopefully encouraging others that, you know what, that the same thing can happen for you too. What can you learn through your seasons? What can you learn, you know, the highs and the lows, all types of seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say that that's what I learned. And also in some of these poems that I did include in here, um, mm-hmm. I was a little bit more, as I would call raw, um, <laughs> All right. uh, some poems I'm a little bit more reserved, I guess you could say, but others, I was just raw. I wanted to <laughs> put it out there how I wanted to put it out there. And that's what I did. And it felt good. And I was glad I was proud of myself for that as a writer, just as mm-hmm. I continue to grow and develop. Very nice, very nice. Now, where can Reverence be purchased? Yes, so Reverence can be purchased um, at Amazon, Amazon Amazon.com. It is available there now. Also, Kindle version 2 is coming out as well. Um, It'll be available on the 23rd, Monday. 
January 23rd. So readers can go and get it there. I'm excited about it. Um, also, if they personally know me, they can also reach out to me too. Um, mm-hmm. I'm definitely um, already working to put into place some book signings uh, within my local area here. Um, I already have two that are being scheduled. So I'll definitely be pushing those dates out and those opportunities out uh, for just the community to see. Uh, but for anyone anywhere, it is, like I said, Amazon.com. Um, All right. Well, everyone, further ado, Delin Lee. All right. I'm going to start. I'm going to share some from Reverence. So I'll share a few pieces from Reverence. Um, and then later on in the show, you'll hear me share a few um, other works that are outside of reverence, so outside of this book. But I do want to start with reverence since we've just been talking about it. All right. I'm going to start with this poem is called My Soul Wonder. And just to give a little background to this poem before I read it for you all, um, this poem is literally, it's my letter back to God. It's, it's like my love letter to him. It's, it's my expression to him, just uh, me being in awe of who he is and who he is in my life. Um, so that's why it's called a wonder. You know, it's something that I sit and I dwell on. And that's the basis behind why I wrote this one. But it's called My Soul's Wonder. A wonder in my soul, the one I desire to behold. Daily praising your name, seeking your will without fame. God, speak to me, ears wide, awaiting your direction and guide. Humbling before your throne, knowing you interpret every groan. A wonder in my soul the one I desire to behold. Your greatness does not compare, just as your love is so rare. Unconditional and available for all, yet many reject your very call. Praising you for your mercy and grace, every season set in time and space. A wonder in my soul, the one I desire to behold. Show us your mighty works, causing our hearts to immerse. Striving to mirror your ways, mold our frames to your praise. In the powerful name of Jesus, our worship lead us. A wonder in my soul the one I desire to behold. That's the end of the poem. All right. Can I go ahead and move to the next yes. one? Yes. Okay. Please All right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This one, I believe I stated the name, I mentioned this name. This is The Miracles We Need. And this poem was actually created, um, I was asked to write um, for a fundraising opportunity for um, a children's home. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, for children who are in the hospital too. So it was, it was a fundraiser for them. Um, and it's just a, a kind of a poem for inspiration. And so this is where this came about. Um, but for this, it's literally a poem that's kind of a call to, to us to step up in our world, right? Um, so, you know, us being effective in what we do um, as Christians, us actually being out there in the world representing God, you know, not only reverencing him for who he is in our lives, but showing others who God is in our lives. Um, but this is titled The Miracles We Need. And you'll find at the end of the poem who the actual miracles are that I'm talking about. You'll hear it in the end. A miracle we need. It's a miracle we treasure. Witnessing when it happens, a moment that turns unbelievers into believers. Believers who now believe anything is possible because of one miracle. It's A miracle we need, it's a miracle we treasure, the actions of a community, a nation, forgetting selfish thoughts and turning solely towards helping another, another who is helpless and without, without help that is now helpful, for their lives have been changed, molded by the kindness and love of others. It's a miracle we need. It's a miracle we treasure. The very thing we put our faith in God for because he is a miracle worker. The one who does not fail. Even when failure is all we feel or think. He supplies hope for those who are hopeful. Changing their hearts to hopefulness. The hopefulness of a testimony that if he did, then she can, then they can, then I can. It's a miracle we need. It's a miracle we treasure of the family who just lost a loved one and in the darkest hours of the night find comfort in knowing their beloved is not suffering anymore, that their struggle is over and that the living must continue on for now. It's a miracle we need, it's a miracle we treasure of that woman who gives her all like the woman who gave two mites, which was not enough for the world, but everything to God. Or the man who donates his time, his energy, creating a legacy that will outlive him. It's a miracle we need, it's a miracle we treasure seeing the college student who desires to change the world, who simply starts by volunteering because no one else will take the time to. It's a miracle we need. It's a miracle we treasure. It's the people standing next to you, the ones that smile at you in the grocery store line, who wave at you while you pick your kids up safely from school, knowing they survived today. It's A miracle we need, it's a miracle we treasure that will change the world, our world, the one we inhabit and have been charged to care for, knowing that in giving, we give more than just money, more than just time, but unknown love and indescribable hope. We are the miracles we need. We are the miracles 
to treasure. And that's the end of that piece. All right, beautiful. Thank you. All right. Now I'm going to move on to, and I'm pulling a few from a different categories, if you can tell. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, no problem. Um, I just want to give a little taste of the book. Um, <laughs> this next one is what I titled Not Ashamed. Not Ashamed. And the basis behind this poem is literally um, a firm stance on, you know, you being who you say you are. Right, not being ashamed, not being embarrassed, not being bashful, but actually being bold, being bold, um, and acknowledging God for who He is and all that He is. So, this is titled Not Ashamed. I am not ashamed, not of the gospel, the truth that some hide or worse forget, pretending like they have not heard. I am not ashamed. Not of my past where I made mistake after mistake, for because of it, I walk in God's forgiveness. I am not ashamed, for he made me in his image, daily molding me as the potter, designing every aspect to perfection, forming me into his son, my savior. I am not ashamed, knows my name. He gave me my calling. He orchestrated my life and purpose. He did, does, and will keep me. I am not ashamed. For he predestined my name, hand-selected my lineage, women and men I will never forget, and only hope to mirror in this life. I am not ashamed. Of the testimony of the Lord to praise his name every second, being a witness of his greatness and love, Knowing he is above all, I am not ashamed. Suffering for his name, daily sacrificing my flesh so that I will rise and shine with him, living the plan he predestined, I am not ashamed. For he saved me. He called me with a holy calling. With a holy calling, as Timothy echoes, his spirit is that of power, love, and a sound mind, I am not ashamed. For I did not work for his love. I did not earn his calling, but I received his love and mercy, saying yes to his call. I am not ashamed. And that's the end of that piece. All right. Let's see. Next one I want to share. A creator's love. And this poem, the reason I titled it A Creator's Love is this is actually, I think I mentioned in one of those other ones was a love letter to God. This is actually written from the perspective of a love letter from God to us. Um, It is written to the, um, in the sense of I use woman, so I use female. However, this by all means, men can also relate to this too, God's love letter to them as well. I just use she in my, in my, um, poem okay but it can be interchangeable (laughs) Mm -hmm. a creator's love (laughs) beautiful woman can't you see how I took my time and created you not for waste or without reason but for the very purpose of I need you from the color and curl of your hair 
to the shape of your thighs up to your eyes. You are my perfect masterpiece, loving every piece of you I see. Hear me loud and know I am proud to see you strut across this earth, internally woven and built spirit strong. You shine bright as a beacon of my light. Let me love you and bestow my goodness on you. Don't take my time, my details, my every thought of you for granted, because you see I only have one of you. Yes, just one, no one else like you. Let the world see what I have done, daily shaping you and my master plan. This is only one phase, one staircase high. There is so much more I have planned for you. It was no accident how I orchestrated creation. Every aspect was for a reason majestically aligned. Love me back, returning with praise. For my greatest creation is truly woman and mankind. That's why I ask, beautiful woman, can you see? My longing is for you to long for me too. Patiently waiting a look or spoken word. For you are who my eyes stay rested upon. Never forget, beautiful woman, when you see, remember I took my time and created you, not for waste or without reason, but for the very purpose of I need you. And that's the end of that piece. Hmm. All right. And then do I have another one? I'm losing track of my account. (laughs) (laughs) One more more in this set. One more in this set. One more in this set. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's see. Okay. Here we go. All right. This is called God Did It. And this is, um, I love the way this is written um, in text. Um, Some of my pieces, um, I love doing them as a spoken word piece. Others, mm-hmm. I love to just read them. And this is one of those because when you look at the grammar behind it, it really speaks volumes to it. Um, but it, it's, a, it's a simple poem. Um, and it, it's supposed to be because just like the title, it's straightforward. Simply put, God did it. That's it. No arguments, no more to express or explain. It's just simply that. So this poem is titled... God did it. God did it. It's that simple. Some say I don't understand. That's okay. I give him the glory. Some say I don't agree. That's okay. I give him the glory. Some say you are doing all the work. That's okay. But without God, I couldn't do anything. Some say you can't give God all the praise. Yes, I can, and I do. God did it. It's that simple. And that's the end of that piece. Oh, wow. <laughs> Very I nice told to you live. it was straightforward. <laughs> yes. <laughs> God did it. <laughs> yes. Well, fantastic. Let me ask you a question. Based on what you've seen in the world, in terms of poetry and other other settings, is a poem letting your guard down or building a wall? 
wait, I make sure I understand the question. You said it in everything that I've seen, what's going on in the world. You said a yes. poem. You said, is Here's it letting your guard? Mm-hmm. Yes, it's writing a poem, letting mm-hmm. your guard down or building a wall. Mm. Okay. Um, I, I think I would say letting your guard down. Um, okay. But I think it also depends on what you write, what you decide to write. All right. Um, for example, the poem I read, The Miracles We Need. Um, yes. That was me letting, you know, my guard down. Um, I made the reference about, you know, the children, you're, you picking your kids up from school and the mm-hmm. fact that they're safe, that directly um, d- deals with the number of school shootings that have taken a place across, you know, uh, definitely America, probably across the world as well. Um, so the danger of our children. But um, I would say letting your guard down. Um, and I hope it would be something that we would do because um, poets, authors, we need to speak out. We need to write for what is going on right now because let's say in 20, 30 some years from now, the generation that is growing up, they're going to be reading about what we're we're expressing, what we're talking about. And so I hope we have our guards down and we're able to be transparent. That way they truly know what it is like. You've been with me now. This is your third time on this particular podcast. <laughs> so you know what kind of questions I ask. Yes, I do. <laughs> good they seem to They're come out questions. of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever I'm compelled to say, I say. That is okay. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> Does it hurt you to write poems? If not, why not? Does it hurt me to write poems? Yes. yes. Okay. So how I will answer that. <laughs> a lot of times <laughs> a lot of times it does not hurt me to write the poem. Okay. It hurts more for me to share the poem. Oh really? Talk to me. Talk yes. to me. Yep, I'm gonna talk to you. So what I mean <laughs> by that <laughs> and this is this is honesty. What I mean by that, um writing it is actually relief for me. Writing it is a way to, you know, get out the emotions, the thoughts, the feelings, to write it all out. So to me, that does not hurt. That actually helps. Okay. When I talk about, in a way, I guess, a hurt dealing with mm-hmm. it, being an author, being a writer, being a writer, being a poet, mm-hmm. it's literally sharing it. Because it's then at that moment, I am allowing the world to then hear those emotions, feelings, and thoughts and also at the same time, and, you know, whether people argue this or not, you know, they pass judgment. Um, mm-hmm. We all have biases. You know, it, it happens. Anytime we see something, hear something, we automatically have a type of bias. You know, whether we pursue it further or not, that's up to us. But we all have that initial. And so, um, for me, the hurt is more so like when I actually share it or decide to share it. Mm-hmm. Um because, you know, I, I've been writing for, you know, since I was a child. I know that's yes. my biography. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it wasn't until now that I decided to publish because I knew at that point, now the world will actually see my thoughts, my feelings, you know, my interpretations of things. I'm putting it out there for everyone. Um. <laughs> All right. All right. So with that being in mind, Please tell me about a poem that you've written that you were afraid to share due to possibly it being misinterpreted. 
I would say um, it was my poem. And actually, I put it in reverence. I did put this poem in there. And this was one of the ones that I had written about three or four years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's titled After. And this poem uh, speaks specifically to moments in which someone needs healing from traumatic experiences. All right. All right. Yeah. Would you, would you share it with us tonight? Yeah. <laughs> I do. You're going to go there. <laughs> you know me well. Let me go pick up the book again. Let me go. <laughs> I you know put me it to this. the side. <laughs> <laughs> we go way back. We do. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. So this is after. Um, in regards to the background, I kind of shared it a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. This was actually written, um, it was for um, a healing project with the local church um, that they were doing, and they wanted um, a poet. And so I definitely said absolutely, um, because I know in all that is going on in the world, uh, we need healing. We need healing from God. Um, that is the only type of healing that will actually truly heal us. A lot of times when we go through different things, we will lean onto other things to try to heal. We'll lean, you know, towards um, alcohol. We'll lean towards drugs, you know, some other type of um I guess, habit or influence um, to, you know, take the pain away. Um, And so this is where this poem came about. And it's, um, I don't know, I'll put it in these words. I'm not sure if I would read it to my nephew right now, given his age. I may wait till he gets older. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um, there's no profanity because you know this. I do not write with profanity, um, but it's definitely one that is it's very deep. Um, and if you listen closely, you will hear the traumatic experiences that are are happening or that are mentioned. Okay, um, but here it is. I'll read it versus continuing to talk about it because I know you're waiting in anticipation. You may have heard this too. I'm not sure. You may have actually heard this one. I can't well, remember. You know I want to hear it again. I know. It's okay. <laughs> All right. It's called after. One word. After. You you see how I am with one word, right? <laughs> yes. Reverence, yes. One word. That's it all. Okay. After. Here we go. No one tells you they're going to hurt you. And most of the time, when we just trust people and then get surprised when they cause pain, pain you never knew you could feel, no one tells you that they're about to use you, take advantage of the beauty, the body, just for their gain and satisfaction. No one tells you, I'm going to abuse you physically or worse, mentally, impressing their ideology in your mind, then getting mad when your being rejects it because it's not yours. No one tells you, tonight we're having sex. To only learn later, you wouldn't get a choice. Overthrown, ignored, voice silenced. No one ever tells you how the nakedness felt when you just want to peel the very skin off your body and wash it so you feel clean. No one tells you that even after the act, that guilt, shame, depression, suicide would follow. Self-doubt becomes a mastered skill. 
crying in silence between pillows and during hot showers. No one tells you you look in pain, that they can see the agony. Most masks are beautiful, used to shield dark emotions. No one tells you that when you chose to stop life, that the very person you thought cared would never miss a beat and never seek an apology to you? No one tells you that only God could heal, that intercourse, alcohol, porn just pacify. Even they aren't good enough. Hold it inside as it consumes you. No one tells you that you're wearing a cover-up. They only label it as you, your personality, your boldness, your strength, never thinking she's broken. If there's one thing to tell you, I tell you, sister, daughter, friend, brother, son, beloved, God heals. He delivers. He breaks chains. He frees. He ends curses. He restores. He loves. I tell you, there is hope, hope unending, hope unmatched, hope unconditional. I tell you that even your darkest day is bright in his eyes. He knows you will rise from this, from your pain, hurt, suffering, torment. I tell you that your story will spearhead you into the place God needed you all along. I tell you that gladness appears after thousands of tears shed when hopelessness is your cry. I tell you that the strength to hold on is no accident and without purpose. Suicidal thoughts believe they are home, but the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ destroys their reservation. I tell you that peace is not a delusion or inconceivable freedom. It's your blessing, the very intent God wants to pour on you. I tell you that love is God, that all-encompassing face, voice, and action of God. His love is the answer to soothe hatred and bitterness, strengthening you Unlike anything else, I tell you that healing is possible. In the moment you lay across the floor, drowning in tears, feeling the weight of every attack, action, choice, and consequence, and the only response required is to ask God, repent, and accept him, I tell you that in the after, your healing begins. And that's the end of that piece. Wow. So when you put that poem together, how did you feel? <laughs> um, I felt, wow, is this what I'm really going to share? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That literally mm-hmm. was the thought. Um, because, you know, in the poem, I mean, it, it's, it's speaking of, you know, the traumatic experience of being raped. It speaks of, you know, traumatic experience of going through an abortion. Like, you know, it hits on a lot of those things that, um, people go through or people deal with and, yes. you know, you need the healing from it. Um, and if you don't get that healing, it tends to manifest into something else, an, an addiction of some sort. Um, and so um, I definitely had the feeling like, okay, I don't know if this is too much. I don't know if um, okay. this is something I should share with others, but um, what I do love about that poem, and I'm mm-hmm. glad, um, you know, God worked through me for this poem, um, the ending of it, to where it, it ends with hope. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted that because in the, you know, in the midst of me telling others, you know, you can get your healing. That is the hopeful part of it is that, yes, you may have gone through tragedy, but God can heal you. You can get that healing. You can be restored. You can um, still continue on. You can be great. You know, it, it's not the end. That, that traumatic experience is not the end. That's not the stop. There's more to come. That's why mm-hmm. the poem is titled After, because it means something's going to happen. Yeah. Yes. You know, I may have asked you this before, mm-hmm. but I'm noticing again tonight that when you share, your voice takes on a different resonance. <laughs> it's almost like something else takes over. <laughs> what is the relationship between your speaking voice and your written voice? Yes. Um, hmm, I'm trying to think of how to ex- explain this. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. So, <laughs> um, I don't know how to explain this. Uh, I would say um, my my speaking voice. That's I guess that's me just being casual, just being me. Okay. Just talking. All right. Um, and I and I think for me, my reading voice, or actually when I'm I'm sharing a work. Um, I, I know I mentioned in the beginning, you know, me being a writer, this is my ministry, right? Yes. So, um, you know, it's a matter of me speaking through the Holy Spirit and it, it being, it's almost kind of like you have that serious moment, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. you hear me a lot of times and those listening in, you've heard me laugh and kind of giggle here and there. But when I'm actually reading the piece, it's, it's a moment of that seriousness where it's like everything I want to be drawn into the word, you know, I want, I want it to be heard. Um, the stanzas, um, because I, I do believe that's, you know, where um, people will, you know, find what they need or hear what they need at that mm-hmm. point. Um, and mm-hmm. so I guess that would be the difference. Not to say that when I'm regularly speaking, it's not serious, yes. um, but I do think when it comes to me reading, my reading voice is definitely a time of, okay, silence, like, let's stop, let's yes. <laughs> pay yes. attention, let's come yes. to, let's let's literally hone into what is actually being spoken. Um, so I guess that that's how I would explain it. Hopefully that made sense. It does. <laughs> so it's a time to stand still and know. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, let's take a brief break. We'll take a brief okay. break and we'll be right back. All right. Michael Anthony Ingram. I'm here with Delyn Lee. And Delyn, you with me? Delyn? 
Delenn. <laughs> I think Delenn passed out. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure what happened to Delenn. <laughs> but <laughs> we do have a caller. Let's bring this person on <laughs> and they can talk with us until Delenn arrives. Dylan. Yes, are you here? <laughs> oh, can you hear me now? I do that. There we go. I was going to say when you went to break, you said muted. And so I was like, okay. When you were talking and I was, I was responding. All right. I, I'm here. I accused you of fainting. You did. You did. But I am still here. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> oh boy! You know live, <laughs> live radio. You yes. no, yes. it's the best though. It's the best. It is the best. It is. They know that it is not edited. It's not filtered. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> but there is a caller. Okay. <laughs> now I'm going to bring this person on. Okay. The area code is three three six. The first three numbers are five zero four. You're on the air with Dylan. Good evening. <laughs> Hello. Area 336. I guess they're, I guess they're just listening. All right. Hello? That's okay. Hello. <laughs> I was Hello. Muted. How are you all doing? I was muted as well. Oh, yes. How are you all doing? Quite well. And yourself? Hi. I'm doing fine. Thank you all. Enjoying the yes. call. Very nice. Do you have a question for Delenn? Yes. Um, what is your passion for writing poems? What drives you to write poems? What is my passion for writing poems? Okay. Good question. Um, what drives you to write drives, poems? Okay. Okay. What drives me? Um a lot of times I would say what drives me, um, a few things, a few things. I would say definitely getting a message across. Um, so if it is something where I feel like, you know, I want to express, um, it could be something that's happened to me or it could be something that's happened to someone close to me. Um, like, for example, you know, I, I am African-American. And so um, when, you know, things were going on a few years ago, um, dealing with racism, you know, across America, I've, I've pushed out a lot of poems that were centered on that, and it was just a way for me to express myself um, during that time. Um, there's other times too, me being a Christian, a Christian writer, um, I push out a lot um, where I want to encourage other Christians, my other brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, I want them to have hope. I want them to. Um, know that God loves them. And I push, you know, if I can push that out through a poem, I definitely want to do that. Also, for our younger generation, I'm very passionate about working with our youth. And so um, I like to write poems so that way youth can see that, you know, there's, they can express themselves through words too. Because I do believe that I'm surrounded by a few uh, youth who are probably going to be poets themselves. And I hope that they go on to be. Um, so I guess that's kind of what drives me to keep writing. Um, 
when I first started writing, it was a matter of me wanting to just express and kind of get my feelings right. and all of that out. Right. Now it's more right. so it's mission-based. It's purpose-based. Okay. It's, it's not just me. I want to make sure, you know, it's impacting others. Okay. All right. Thank you, caller. Your area code, 336, yes, I'm familiar with it. I'm a native of High Point, North Carolina. Oh, look at you. All okay. right. Well, I live in Roxboro, but I did go to school in Greensboro. Though. All right. All right. Well, thank you very much. All right. All right. All right. Well, Lynn, yes, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Lynn, please share another set with us. Okay. All right. Wait. I kind of put everything down. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> 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 Get myself back together. All right. Here we go. Delin, you were on the air. Remember? I know. You're not supposed to set everything down. <laughs> I think I was getting, I was just saying in, you know, the question, the mode of the question. Yes. So, but I do know people want to hear poems, so I yes, understand. Yes, um, <laughs> So let's see. I think um, this next set, I was trying to organize it um, so that way it's not all over the place. Um, yes. I'm going to share these two pieces. They're kind of connected. Um, these pieces were actually written for a, an, um, an artist, actually a music artist. Her name is Nessa Sharif, and they're actually on her album, Transparency. Um, and she's actually speaking in North Carolina. She's out of Greensboro, North Carolina. There All we right, go. Very nice. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. Yes, yes. And so these two poems are actually on her album. So they are not in any of my books. Um, they're actually um, on the album. So you hear them vocally. So you hear them, I mean, audio. You hear them by audio. Um, but the first one is called In the Valley. The second one is called Mountaintop. And the behind, I guess, the background of these poems um, in the valley, this deals with, and I, it goes back to kind of what I was saying, um, you know, with reverence, having to reverence, wanting to reverence God in all seasons. In the mm-hmm. valley deals with um, understanding the purpose of being in a season that is low. Um, and even though it may be a low season, and a lot of times we don't like to be there, it's in those times that I truly believe that we grow and we develop. And it prepares us for when we go into the next season when we are then on the mountaintop. And then that, that's where that other poem, which is kind of like the second one that's on her album mm-hmm. I put, that's where we talk about being on the mountaintop. So that's how they connect. So it's the first place being in the valley, and then the next place is actually being on the mountaintop. So I'll read in the valley first, and then I'll pause, and then I'll go to mountaintop for these first two, okay? All right. All right. It's in the valley we dread and fear, misunderstanding the lowly field, looking out into the distance, desiring to reach the mountain we cannot see. It's in the valley when every memory is built upon another, dealing with the anguish of wandering, pondering when, where, how, and most importantly, why. It's in the valley where I learned that God is there too, that each moment is where I must rest, drawing strength from his purpose and plan. 
In the valley, I long for God to show himself mighty, to deliver me from all pain, depression, and despair. Yet realizing I must rest here, for he has me here for a reason. Now, I know it's in the valley that I feel God when every care and weight dissipates and I'm embraced in his arms. Any worry is destroyed. Any doubt is silenced. Any fear becomes fearless. It's in this moment that I feel freedom when every stifled breath is released. Chains from brokenness shattered, ropes of guilt unraveled, locks of regret unlocked. It's in the valley I find his reassurance. When all the prayers prayed become visible, appearing before my eyes as mirrors, like he knew they were there all along and all along he was there. It's in the valley when he smiles warmly as he sees I finally understand. I finally see his plan. I finally see why this happened in that way. How my mistakes turned into masterpieces. Bitterness was blocked so I could be a witness. In the valley, when I realized he never stopped loving me. From my waking day and beyond my dying day. He loves me by the moment. And I'll never stop loving him too. I thank him for the valley, for it's in the valley I am built for the mountaintop. And that's the end of that piece. So now I will go into, like I said, the connecting piece to this. Um, and it's titled Mountaintop. So this is now moving the person from the valley, right? Growing, changing, molding, and then now we find ourselves on the mountaintop. So here we go. The mountaintop is where I fought to reach. Climbing up from the valley, plowing through trenches of pain, unrest, heartache, setback after setback. Here is where my soul longs to get to, where I can simply be with you, surrounded in your presence. Daily praying and pondering, Lord, am I on your path? Is this right? Is it my time? Are you coming center stage through my life? The mountaintop is where I let go. Every weight chain and braces shaken off as his strength lifts me higher. The mountaintop is where he called me, knowing it's the place he prepared for me. The mountaintop is where I meet with him, devoting my attention, my breath, my all. The mountaintop is where I see his glorious splendor, a view he sees forever and only some achieve. The mountaintop is where freedom dwells, when all is forgiven and elevation begins. I didn't expect it to look like this, but I praise you for what my eyes behold. You are truth, for this is exceedingly above what I ask, is the place you prepared me for. The top where limitless views cascade far and wide, I'm here, Lord, ready for your move. And that's the end of that piece. So those two, as you can hear, kind of go together. They connect. Um, let's see. I think... Um, 
I don't want to cause a well, I guess in a way that it's a slight shift. Um, I'm going to go and read what I have three more pieces. Is that right? Am I okay on yes. time? Yeah, you're perfect. You're right I'm on fine. time. Okay, mm-hmm. perfect. All right. You want to make sure. I'm trying to be yes. mindful. All right. We're good. We're good. <laughs> okay. Um, I do know, I do want to read this one. Black History is what it's titled. Um and the reason I want to read, I do want to share this one. Um, I know we just came through. Well, this week, um, we, you know, acknowledged Martin Luther King Jr. Day um, mm-hmm. on Monday. We did. And then also, too, February is coming up, and it's, it's Black History Month. Um, but with this poem, um, I, loved, I loved how it came out. And I know it's kind of weird for me to say that because I'm the writer. But um, I, I, I loved how... Um, it took the direction of not only highlighting, you know, things that have happened in history or like, you know, significant people we learn about through history, but more mm-hmm. so the reason I want um, readers to read this and listen and those to hear it is because it really touches on those who are of African-American descent um, that you don't know their name, will never know their name, Right. Um, mm-hmm. But they were still a part of history, and they were part of their own individual family's history, and that's kind of where this this comes from. That that's where this poem is, is taken from, um, you know. Because if, if it's a matter of me and my name, you know, may never go down in history. But if I can make an impact within my family, you know, with my you know younger generation, my cousins and all of them coming up, then you know what? I've made my mark. Um, and so, is it titled Black History? Black history, your history, black history, my history, the reflection of my family, my ancestors, those in Virginia to those across the sea, how far back I traced to find the truth. School didn't help. They didn't understand because they didn't relate. Showing me pictures of black-skinned men and women who they approved, those that seemed to be the most impactful, but in truth were simply depictions of the ones who they considered as enough. Don't misunderstand me. Martin was great. Rosa Parks was a phenomenal woman. Malcolm X, radically impactful. Even before them, Harriet made paths. Sojourner Truth spoke up no matter what. But what about the thousands who fought daily for their families through slavery, bearing the marks, bruises, and cuts of whips and chains, who stood by leaders in every march, attended church meetings, praying and crying aloud to God, who cheered when Martin spoke and listened as Harriet prayed? The ones that are black history, your history, black history, my history. As we live in the 21st century, new names are plastered across the internet. We tweet them, record them, and IG post them. Murals depict their faces, memories of tomorrow's history, names that will be written in textbooks of our children's children. But what about the thousands who marched in the streets, not rioting, but chanting a rallying cry? who posted blackout pics online and hashtag 
Black Lives Matter, who wear their African dress Sundays at church, praising God for the generations he has kept. Oh, and never forgetting that black is beautiful. I'm speaking about the ones that are black history, your history, black history, my history. We may not start a movement, but we can be a part of it. We may not lose a loved one from injustice, but we can cry about it. We may not have our names written in history, but we can tell our children who will carry on our names and legacies. We may not have our faces and names painted on city walls or across t-shirts, but have no shame, wear theirs with pride. We are all still a part of history, whether minute or known across the world. Don't stop telling your story. Don't stop standing up for sitting down. Don't stop praying. Keep trusting God. Tell your family what you experienced, how you, what you chanted, what you waved across the sky. Create your own record, for we're all writers. From the day we were born, black history started for this. It's black history, your history, black history, my history. Black history, our history. And that's the end of that piece. All right. How many more do I have? Uh, Two, actually. Two more. Okay. I'm going to find my way here. All right. Okay. These last two poems I'm going to read um, they're older poems that I've written um, and these are more so just um, <laughs> I guess in a way I guess poems about me or I guess a way for me to express me as myself mm-hmm. and everything um, so the first <laughs> one I read is called You Know Me and then the last one I'll finish out with is called This Is Me okay called You Know Me, Um, and this is uh, me writing back, me writing to God, me talking to him, um, just based on how he created me and everything. All right, so it's called You Know Me. From my bold vocal cords, speaking your word of truth to the young and old, you know me. From the formation of my being, the thought you had of me in my mother's womb, You know me. From the passion that boils inside, desiring the best from you and excellence in action, you know me. From the pricks and pains that resonate from annoyances of others who speak against you, you know me. From the silent tears cried at night when understanding is desired but clarity is withheld for the moment, you know me. From the impatience and eagerness to move forward and upward, yet having to wait until you move, you know me. From the curves of my body, the details of my beauty inside and out, each aspect unique and being perfected, you know me. From the marks of mistakes, of rebellion and selfishness of life, only seeing why after my fall, you know me. From your first thought, the plan you created for my life, 
and all that you will accomplish through me, you know me. From the moment I lived, the breath of life you gave, when unlatched purpose took its home, you know me. And that's the end of that one. And then I'll conclude with This Is Me. Mm -hmm. And real quick, just as a summary, uh, how this one came about, um, this is basically me um, responding to all of the many uh, comments I've gotten just throughout my lifespan, just in different different places um, of, you know, people thinking I'm a different race than what I am or thinking I'm a certain way just because of how I look. It's just the... I just wanted to express it. So one day I did, and this is how this poem came about. It just says, this is me. I'm black, not Hispanic or Puerto Rican. I'm not a tanned Caucasian or mixed black and white. Nothing is wrong with these races, each one distinctly beautiful in their own light. But I'm black with one-twelfth Indian, and I love my ancestors for that drop. Yes, I'm educated. Not because people think I am white or rich or have privilege or because I stayed in the house off the street. Nothing is wrong with being mistaken as white or rich. Each detail is delightful for anyone who relates. But I'm educated. Having earned two degrees, almost three to achieve my doctorate, I studied, sacrificed, and fell in love with learning. Yes, I speak eloquently. Not because I'm stuck up or think I'm better than you. Nothing is wrong with thinking you're better. If that's you, then do you. But I speak eloquently, thankful to be chosen by God for his purpose. So I boldly, I speak with confidence in him. Yes, I'm talented. Not because I played sports or dropped bars. Nothing is wrong with professional athletes. I've cheered for some of the greats especially those we call the goats. But I am talented because I am gifted by God to write beyond blank pages, touching hearts and guiding souls to Christ, soul food. Not because I'm black or because my family was poor. Nothing is wrong with fried chicken, collard greens, and for those who eat chitlins. But I eat soul food because I love starches and butter, the very heart of this exquisite cuisine. Yes, I have a new hairstyle every time you see me. Not because I can't manage my hair or because I don't know my identity. Nothing is wrong with struggling with hair management or wanting to look like others and fit in. But I have a new hairstyle every time you see me because I love changing my hair. I love taking care of it and I'm proud of how healthy my God-given crown of glory is. Yes, I have a big family. Not because we like having a lot of babies or because every black family does. Nothing is wrong with being fertile. It's a blessing. Or that many black families are large. It's a blessing too. But I have a big family because my grandmothers were strong black women who bore my uncles and aunts, teaching them to take care of the family land, yes, that we own and our home. And that family is a blessing. Yes, I am me, not because someone told me or because I read an inspirational post on Facebook today. Nothing is wrong with encouraging others, and those who post keep posting. It's helping someone, but I am me because that's who God made me to be. 
from my black skin tone to the beauty marks across my face, from my intelligence and strength given by God to my articulate speech and gifts, I am me. There is no one like me. I am me, and it's a great one to be. And that's the end of that. All right. Delaney, what do you think your work conveys about being human? What do I think my work conveys about being human? Yes. Hmm. I would say that we we relate. We can relate. Let me say can. We can relate. Okay. Um, I think, and, and what I mean by that is humanity. Uh, I do believe God created us to be relational beings. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely think with me sharing my work, sharing my poetry, it can connect to someone else. It could be that word that someone needs to, you know, make it to the next day. It could be um, that word that's for that young youth, you know, who wants to express themselves, who, you know, love their poetry class in English, but, you know, are embarrassed or, you know, feel like they shouldn't pursue it. But then they see me reading my poetry or hearing my poetry and it encourages them to do something. So I would say definitely that, um, you know, we're relational. All right. All right. How has your work evolved or changed as you've aged as a poet? Like you said, you've been writing since you were a little kid. Mm-hmm. So how has it evolved or changed? <laughs> I, <laughs> I would definitely say I'm, I'm more bold now. Mm-hmm. Um, before, <laughs> as I was growing up, I was a little bit um, more skeptical in writing about certain topics. And not only just, not really necessarily only writing, but sharing it. Um, mm. Now I feel like, you know what? It's okay. <laughs> I'm going to share it. Some <laughs> people right, will like right. it. Some people will love it. Some people will hate it. Some people will speak against it. That's mm-hmm. okay. I have a voice just like someone else has a voice too. All right. Um, that All right. is what I would say would be the biggest thing that has changed throughout my journey as a writer. Well, we've almost reached the end of our poetic journey. <laughs> but I would like you to, if you don't mind, to favor us with one or two final pieces. Take us home. Hmm. Let's see. Okay. I think I was going to try to favor us with the last of this is me and my uncle. <laughs> oh, we've already oh. been favored. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> find one more. <laughs> Let me see. Right. Favor us again. No, Okay. That's so I enjoy having you as a guest. You I enjoyed it too. I love I you love can come back on. anytime. I did. <laughs> uh, I love <laughs> Well, would you like to share that one again as your final one? What the the this is me? That one? Yes. Yes. Um no, I just read it. Okay. I'm on <laughs> <laughs> But you were not I know, I know. Um, all right, I'm gonna do this one. I'm, okay. I'm gonna do Unity. Yep, I'm, I'm gonna finish with Unity because you were just asking about, you know, us being, um, well, I, you know, my relation with other humans. I, I think this is a good one. I'll finish out with this one, um, right. and hopefully it encourages others to um, band with others around them. <laughs> no worries, no worries. 
um, as once again, one of these poems with one word, unity. <laughs> you know how I love one word titles. Um, um, and this is literally, uh, this is a call out. Once again, as you can see, I tend to do a lot of call outs um, to Christians for us to step up, for us to um, do more of what, you know, God wants us to do here on earth. Um, you know, we are his light here on earth, how we represent ourselves, what we do, how we treat one another is to be a reflection of him. And so that's why I, I tend to have more poems um, than one may think about a call to my fellow brothers and sisters. And it's not that I'm saying only to them, but I'm also saying it to myself too. I need to make sure I'm also doing it as well. But this is called Unity. The unification of our land, our people, not just you and me, but we and all. We the people as written in the Constitution. We the church selected by God, appointed by him to spread his gospel, the truth to all mankind in love. In love so that by love everyone will know, know that we are the reflection of God. Each one of us called for his glory, destined to fulfill our purpose, operating as one body, one body, many members alike and different, one Lord, many forms of worship, one baptism, many methods of praise, one faith in which we declare our God, responsibility, our destiny to mirror God. Acknowledging the greatest example through the Trinity, rise up, brothers, rise up, sisters, hand in hand, arm in arm, rise up, mothers, rise up, fathers, speak encouragement, build the young, rise up, man, rise up, woman, together in prayer we fight this battle, stand firm, believing together we are stronger, alone we are weak. Gathered together, multicolored and joined, we must show the world united we stand. Anchored in Jesus Christ, we must show the world united we stand. Without complaint and judgment, we must show the world united we stand. With transparency and grace, we must show the world united we stand. Now and forevermore, we must show the world united we stand. And that's the end of that piece. What a powerful piece. (laughs) (laughs) What a powerful way to end. United we stand. Yes. (laughs) Lynn, how would you classify your ability to write poetry as a creative gift or creative art? Or both? I, I would say creative gift. Talk to me. A creative gift um, because I know this is a gift God has given me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would definitely say a creative gift. Um, but it's definitely something, even though, you know, the gift is given, you still have to work on it. You still have to improve. You still have to learn about it, learn more about you, you know, and I'm speaking to myself, learn more about me. Um, but I would say creative gift. All right. <laughs> How can people stay in touch? Yes. Um, so they can find me on social media. Uh, if they find me, if they look on Facebook, it's Dylan Lee, as you see it's spelled um, in the biography. Um, if you're looking on Instagram, it's D Poetic Lee. 
um, and Lee, that is, as my last name is spelled, L-E-I-G-H, the D Poetic Lee, they can find me there. Those are the two main platforms that I do use. Yes, and then, of course, definitely looking on Amazon. Both books are on Amazon. So Reverence is available Monday, January 23rd. Uh, <laughs> Lift Up is already available on Amazon. We released that book last year, um, but that book is also there, too. All right. Where do you go from here? What's next for you creatively, my friend? Honestly, I do not know. I was thinking about that the other day. I said, I don't know if I want to, you know, I, obviously I'm going to keep writing poems, mm-hmm. of course. Um, mm-hmm. I've actually been doing more um, publications, um, like articles and poems for magazines. That's kind of where oh. I've shifted a little bit. So I've been doing that mm-hmm. more often now. Um, but I'm not sure about a third book. We'll see. Um, I've kind of been thinking, honestly, about children's books. I may mm-hmm. go in that venture, but I'm not sure yet. So. We'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> right. Here's something. If you had to give a message to the voiceless in terms of writing poetry, what would you tell them? Give a Those who feel like they're voiceless. Mm. Okay. Um, for those who feel like you're voiceless, my mm-hmm. first message would be to speak. Mm. And what I mean by that is as soon as you speak, you're no longer voiceless. So to my ones who are kind of shy and the ones who feel like their poetry or their works are not good, because I've been there. I have definitely been there. Um, Mm -hmm. Or who feel like, oh, someone is, that person is better than me. You went to a spoken word one day or you, you know, listened online to, you know, a poetry reading. You're like, I don't sound like that or my poems, my, my stanzas don't flow like that. You still need to speak. You still need to go ahead and share. Mm-hmm. Um, because I do believe that if you are writing, you have something to say. Um, and like I said, it may not be that everyone agrees with you or everybody likes your work, but guess what? I do believe that there will be some that will like it, and there will be some that you will actually be used to encourage them. Um, I know I, I read it and I cannot remember, I don't know who to give credit to, but it wasn't something mm-hmm. I made up. It was definitely something I read. But, you know, we go into the grocery store aisle, all, we go to grocery stores all the time. We go down the cereal aisle. We look around and you have numerous types of cereal, numerous brands to choose from, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what grocery store you go to. At the end of the day, they all have their own brand. They all have their own message. They all have their own taste of food. It applies to everything else, too, especially to writers. We all will not write the same. We're not meant to. We all, we all do not sound the same. We're not meant to. Mm-hmm. But I do believe that if you feel voiceless, my biggest advice to you is to speak, because then you're no longer voiceless. Wow. You know, I really like your most, your most motivated scriptures. One of your most motivated scriptures, Jeremiah chapter yes. 29, verse 11 Yes. So I know the plans I you, declares the Lord, plans mm-hmm. to make you prosper and not to yes. harm you, to give you hope and a future. Yes. I think that's what you bring to people, Delenn. I hope so. That is my prayer. I praise God for that. I, I hope mm-hmm. so. <laughs> I, th- I think so. I know so. <laughs> I know so. Well, I want to thank you for joining me again. 
This is your third trip around. Yeah, <laughs> you hung <thank> in there. <laughs> I know, I know. I love, I love being on your show. Well, I love glad. it. It's always fun. It's good times. It is good yes. times. Yes, <laughs> always puts a smile on my face. Well, to you, I say good night. To our listeners, I say good night. To the caller, I say good night. And as I share every week, good people, that poetry rings somewhere throughout the land. All right, everybody, take care. Take care, Delyn. All right, bye. Bye. Quintessential Listening Poetry Online Radio is available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. You can also check out the website at qlpor.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.